Hey, welcome back to the Fidelity Podcast, a conversational show about uh, product design or whatever's on the minds of John and Bill. Morning, John. How are you doing, Bill? Good, good. Hey, so I think I texted you about this yesterday, but yeah, but honk. I was like, oh yeah, so sad to hear that they just just like stopped uh, Dev on it. Like, yeah, I, I like I think I was telling my wife about it. And she was like, whatever. Um, and I, she was like, what are you talking about? What is this honk thing? No, one, I've never heard of it. And then I was trying to describe it to her. And I think the way that I described it was it's a messaging app that lets you not have to press send. It's like, it, it, it's mm-hmm. sort of a mix of a back and forth, but also uh, sort of like an you know old school IRC, like I can see you typing live. Is that how you describe it to you? I, I forget. Yeah, I think so. I never really care that much about the actual product idea. Though. <laughs> <laughs> like I kind of didn't, didn't we talk about this when we first tried it too? Like yeah. I think the only person I ever used it with was you. And I'm pretty sure we talked about it at one day at work where we're like, yeah, it's never really going to like last. Sure. Like <laughs> it's, it's like, it was, it was a little gimmicky in terms of like the actual product idea was cool, but like not long standing. Yeah, yeah, it's it. You're but right. It was, it, it was pretty gimmicky. Yeah, it was really all about the UI, though. The UI and the interactions oh, in that yeah. app were the top notch. Like one hundred percent, so good. I I loved um, so resolved about being thumb centric. Right, every single oh, yeah. interaction was encapsulated in a sheet that you could yep. you know uh, adjust or dismiss with your thumb, and I, I just love that. It's such a great pattern, and they used it so well. Um, I, I just not, I'm not even sure what to say about the visuals. I just, I loved their, the typography and the, yeah. the hierarchy and the spacing. It was so um, good. Yeah. That's what started my, like my deep dive into rounding corners so aggressively. Oh, I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I when looked I at that, that thing. Up, I'm like, I was like, Ooh, these are so round. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, whenever I look at it, I'm like, this, this might as well have John's name on it because this is straight up exactly what he'd do. It's like this, the silly, like 42 <laughs> radius corners. Uh, sorry. It's not silly. It's just hey, like, 42. we're not there I, w- I would never do 42. Come on. It's gotta be in increments of eight. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> 40 or 48? 48, okay. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I I guess for, for anyone who doesn't know John, uh, man, this guy goes, he pushes it hard with the with the radius. <laughs> it's uh, it's aggressive. <laughs> You're not quite at honk levels, but... That's true, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sad that it's leaving. And so yeah. last night I just like spent uh, a lot of time just like screen recording myself, just going through the app and oh, just admiring funny. all the little details. Um, I, 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 I noticed that like it was much more than I think um, a messaging app. They were really trying to push this idea of a, a pseudo social network and being able to find mm-hmm. new friends and stuff. Um, but oddly enough, even when it was at its height, I would, you know, like walk around the neighborhood turning on the find new friends feature and I didn't find oh, anyone. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I don't think it had a lot of users. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Or, or no one wants to be my friend. It's probably the latter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, uh, rest in peace, honk. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, I kind of need your help on something and, uh, right. I'm going to be like really vulnerable here for, for a bit. I, and you, I think you know this from, from working with me that something I, I struggle with is knowing how hard to work Mm. at work. And, um, you know, when I was younger, it was easy for me to, you know, move at breakneck speed. I, you know, 
be in the office on the couch all night, just like trying to crank something out. And I'd work mm-hmm. really, really hard. But, you know, now with, you know, family and a kid and, and you know, also getting older, um, <laughs> I feel like a little bit less motivated to work that hard. Uh, I still work hard. I think I still like commit to finishing something and I'll, I'll deliver it. But by and large, like, and I also the other part too is that I don't think my coworkers have noticed that, you know, I'm not pushing at 120% all the time. Right. And I guess the, the thing I have trouble understanding is like, what should work feel like? Should it like feel constantly uncomfortable or I mean, can there be days where I show up and like, just do just enough work at, at, you know, the quality that I want it to be at and then move on with the rest of my life. And like, I, I wonder if people think about this because I, I'm sometimes I, I, I sit at work and I, you know, I answer, you know, I'm in like Jira or something answering some tickets mm-hmm. and I'm just like, Oh, this is, this is part of my job, but it, it's really easy for me to just write answers to questions that people have. Yeah. Uh, but is that, is that hard work? I don't know. Um, anyway, like, what do, what do you think about this? Am I, am I overthinking it? No, I think this is pretty normal. Um, I've had, I've had like moments like that. I think I've been for a long time. I think I've gotten better at being pretty rigid about keeping like work in a certain box of like mm. not going beyond the hours as much as possible. Um, I think my wife's really good at like encouraging me to do that, um, to like separate, um, and, and try not to focus too much on work. Cause I, I had a tendency to do that a bit more when I was working for, for Envoy and they were, everyone in the office was all West coast based. I was, I was here in the Eastern mm-hmm. time zone. So they were always three hours behind me and it'd be very easy to start like jumping into Slack and responding to stuff at like eight o'clock at night or whatever, when they were still finishing up the day. Right. Um, and I was the only one that wasn't. So I'd almost feel like I was missing out a bit if I wasn't in there kind of like joining in on discussions. Cause I'd come in, if I didn't, I'd come in the next morning and be like, Oh, I missed all this back and forth. Um, but I slowly got used to trying to not do that. Um, and, and just make more of a, like a space to not spend all my time thinking about work. Mm-hmm. I, my tendency is actually more to like, want to work on something totally different, but still work in design. Like I'll, I'll, I'll work in an evening for fun on like a side project. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, that feels like a better use of that energy because mm-hmm. it's doing something different. Um, sure. and it doesn't feel like the same thing all day, every day. But what does your nine to five feel like? Do you feel like you're just like constantly rushing yourself to like get things done and like just be incredibly effective all the time? Yeah, I mean, I'd say probably three out of the five days each week are like that. Mm-hmm. And then there's usually like one or two where it's a little bit quieter or like, I mean, I do what you, like what you said, I end up just responding to all kinds of questions and thoughts and stuff instead. And and there's days where that's kind of like I look at, I get to the end of the day and I'm like, wait, I didn't really like design anything. I just kind of answered <laughs> yeah. questions and sat in some meetings, but I don't know. I've been trying to get better at like being okay with that also being a form of like hard work. Like true that as long as it's being impactful, right? Like in, Mm -hmm. in those cases, a lot of times I'm helping to like unblock somebody else or, um, help them move ahead in like the work they're trying to do. So I usually try to take that as like a, an impactful win as well. Like that's still moving things forward. Even if it's not like, me designing it's it's helping their design or their 
development like move ahead um right. and that's just as important yeah no that that's true i uh i do remember you always making time for me and uh to, to give me feedback which is i think a great segue into <laughs> uh it's today's topic uh so today, John and I thought we'd jam a bit on, on feedback. You know, what is it? Why is it paramount to how we work as designers, um, how to receive it and, and how to give it, uh, which I think, um, I think John had mentioned as like uh, something that was missing from our show notes. And when I thought about it, I'm like, well, absolutely. Like it, it's not just about receiving it, but it's also how to structure things to um, help other designers, much like you've helped me in the past, John, just like your very thoughtful feedback. Um, and how you came to, to, you know, make it so concise and so effective. I think that's an important part of that, uh, about feedback in general. Um, actually, wait, you know, I'm just going to walk that back. I think feedback <laughs> is important in almost any capacity as a human, like mm. yeah. uh, whatever it is you do in your life, I think you've always got to like figure out like, how can I do this better? Uh, I can't actually think of anything that you would do in this life that doesn't require some sort of external feedback, <laughs> right? That's uh, true. Yeah. Um, on that note, there's there's an excellent book called Ultra Learning, and it's by uh, a Vancouverite, Scott Young, and, and it's about feedback. Um, and it's, or rather, it's about learning and how to be the most effective learner you can be. And basically, in that book, there's a an entire chapter on on feedback, and what it postulates is that if you work for long periods of time without feedback, you're going to stagnate, which I think is, which is pretty obvious. Um, and then when it talks about, when the book talks about feedback, um, it, it can have this negative effect on the learner if it targets purely the learner's ego. And I think all of us can relate to, you know, <laughs> feedback that really is very personal, versus focusing that feedback on what's wrong and how to how to fix that problem. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know, I, you know, I wish that someone had taught me this, uh, this notion when I was in school. I, I think it's a, actually a big part of our educational system that's really lacking this idea of how to learn and specifically how to seek feedback and how to really see feedback as, as a gift. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm just like going on a ramble here, but thinking about, when I was in, uh, in school, I, I did a, like a short program in design to learn about like layout and all the basics and stuff. And I straight up went to my instructor and I said, I need you to be really brutally honest. I've never done this before. I just want to get better at it. And I think that was my first encounter with someone being like pretty candid about their feedback and that actually really helping me design better. Um, I'm curious, John, like did, what were some of your, uh, sort of first experiences getting feedback on, on design work. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was like in my first job, um, at the web agency, like <clears throat> I was just kind of learning design at the time because I'd come in more with like a, a front end development background. Um, and I was wanting to do more design work. And one of the, the founders of that agency there was, was kind of the, the strongest designer in the group and did most of the design work. And, he was like, he was really good about giving feedback. Like he would, I think what was key about the way that he approached it, especially because I was still learning was mm -hmm. that a lot of the feedback was structured around the why, like why something would be stronger. Mm. Um, not just like, not just here, try this or like this piece isn't working. Like he definitely took the approach of um, trying to teach too. So it was mm -hmm. like, here's why something like this might work better. I remember like specifically, it's always stuck in my mind, this idea. He was always very much 
and this was like in another era of design style, but I think it still applies today. But he would talk a lot about this idea of like framing um, sections of content or like imagery and using this idea of like Mm. boxes, whether Mm -hmm. they were like actual visual boxes or not. Like the idea that even if you have a lockup of text, you want it to like sort of feel like it's in a box where the, it all lines up really nicely and it's got this sort of box like appearance and like, you're really just putting a lot of that stuff together. And then he would always love to then like take something and break the box, right? Like in, in very, very like intentional ways, like with an image or with an object or an icon or an illustration or something um, that would just add that little bit of visual flair to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I always like, that was a piece that always stuck out to me because he talked about how like those boxes help to create this like structure um, to the visual that like as this element of consistency yeah. Um, to the design that you could break at certain points in time, but the rest, as long as the rest of it like stuck to that, you had this very like nice balance of consistency and then like elements that kind of move outside of that and and add that visual, um, more visual appearance and kind of nice nice element. So yeah, that yeah. that's great feedback. Like I and I, I like this uh, thing about like the educational aspect of. Right of a form of feedback. Um, I actually remember you doing this for me once, where we were designing something, and um, and you you kept asking the same question: Can we do more here? Can we prevent the user from needing to go somewhere else to do a thing? Mm-hmm. And I, I I remember that feedback coming like several times, and, and and that was a great moment of teaching because now when I look at other people's work, I'm asking that same question. Like, you know, in this scenario, there's a real possibility that we can do more with one surface. Um, and that, that feedback has stuck with me. So that, I think that's mm-hmm. one of the best types of feedback that you can give is a explaining why, and then B mm-hmm. having it be a teaching moment as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so powerful. Um, cause it just, it helps that person kind of take that forward into their future work. Yeah. And then they don't need the feedback as much later on, or at least not about that specific element. Because if they learn it more, like learn how to think about it critically in that same way, yeah, um, yeah, it improves the process. And also, they're passing it on to to yeah. another designer at some point. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, I, you know, I mentioned that one of my first experiences getting critique on my work was in school. And mm-hmm. I, I did notice my co some of my uh, fellow students were a little bit more averse to like actually getting feedback. <laughs> and yeah. um, I, I think that was when I realized how much of a, uh, I think it's, it's sometimes not natural, right? It's not natural sometimes yeah, to just sit not. back and just listen. And um, it, it's a personality thing too. Like I, uh, I've always been open to someone telling me how to do something better because to me, that's just a sense um this person caring about the work and maybe caring about me, like they want the work to be better and they want me to be better. And Mm. that's the way that I see it. Even, even if the feedback comes in a little rough, which sometimes does, right? Uh, Right. Like I'm willing to take it as like, this person wants to help you move forward because if they didn't care, they wouldn't say anything. They would just be quiet and they just walk away. Right. Yeah. Um, And I I think like I did have to train myself a little bit to, to see it that way. Like mm-hmm. it, it was difficult when you, when you spend hours on something and then someone just comes and tears it apart. I mean, it doesn't feel, <laughs> doesn't feel good. Right. No. Uh, um, but at the same time, like I, uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a learning process. Uh, did you have to like push yourself to become good at receiving feedback? 
Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think it's interesting that you called out the personality thing, um, because I think that does change how you learn how to receive feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, Because for me, like my personality is the more of like a people pleaser type of personality. Like I, I want people to like me. I want people to to like the stuff that I'm doing. And so early on in my career, that was actually like a lot of, was, was a struggle to get feedback. Cause I would definitely take it personally. Like I would take it like <laughs> this person like doesn't like me or my work. Okay. You know right. what I mean? Like yeah. it was very easy to go into that territory um, when I was receiving feedback. So that made it, that made it challenging. Cause um, yeah, I, I wouldn't know. I would like, yeah, I would, I would kind of take it a bit more pers- personally and not, know what to do with it sometimes. Um, but I, I like learned how to move past that, right? Like it's the idea that this is not, it's not something on you. It's just that they're wanting to help make it better. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then like, as you, I think as you start to like implement some feedback and actually see the thing that you're building or designing, get better from it. Mm-hmm. That's when the, like the light bulb moment kind of happens where it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This is why the feedback's great. Cause like, now, if I look at this and compare it to where I was before, it's it's definitely better. So, yeah, um, this is a great thing. Yeah. Well, I, I I'm I'm just like thinking about how to describe to someone how you would become that person who's like very conducive to receiving feedback. And I think like mm-hmm. uh, at least for me, it was almost entirely an exercise in keeping your eyes on the goal. Right. Like right. whatever it yep. might be. And I think in most cases for, for you and I, it's about like, well, can we make our company successful with this product? Right. Can we yep. move a specific vertical higher with one of our solutions? And if we need to bring others along with us, then that's what we've got to do. Otherwise, mm-hmm. then it's just mm-hmm. a, a complete ego exercise. Right. It's, yep. The goal yep. isn't to make bill and john feel better it's actually to like you know make this company money like increase conversion and stuff like that and you'll do whatever it takes to get there because why wouldn't you there's you know there's people coming along with you wanting to give you free advice on how to how to be successful so why wouldn't you take it right Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) 100 it's funny how like i've have you ever had have you had moments where you've been on a team where like nobody really gives feedback it's always just like pats on the back oh yeah <laughs> where it's just All like the time. yeah that's great like and that's it like that's as far as it goes yeah i find that that's it's, it's interesting because it like sounds like a good thing in theory like i think most designers would be like oh that'd be a great team to be a part of but then when you're a part of it you're like no wait we're not actually improving we're just right. like there's no reason in of us even having moments of feedback if that's all it's going to be right yeah <laughs> like yeah, it, exactly this meeting if if that's all that was going to happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i have so i have a hot take on this i think like yeah. if you're on a team where the feedback in chris isn't constructive enough it's more mm-hmm. than likely that um i think it's a management problem i think um yep. ux leadership needs to step up and be really well sorry not blunt but <laughs> really upfront about what can be improved, even the smallest detail. That, Cause that's right. what we're here to do, right? Like, yeah. It doesn't matter how small the detail is, call it out. And like, I think if leadership takes that first step of like leading by example and like being really direct with the feedback, this small detail could be better because of this reason that's got to mm-hmm. be called out. It can't, yeah. it can't be a shit sandwich all the time, right? It's got to be yeah. like straight up. This is, this has got to be better. And if leadership yeah. does that. I'm willing to bet that your juniors and your intermediates and your other senior designers, 
they're going to step up too. So I, I, I think that's important. And I'm very lucky that I've always been in places where leadership is, is always the first to step up and, and provide mm-hmm. that very direct feedback. Yeah, that's great. I think that's yeah. definitely, that's definitely a key. It like trickles down from leadership for sure. Yeah. Um, Someone's going to step up. Someone's going to say something, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then, yeah, then it just becomes like understanding how to take that feedback and appreciate the constructive nature of it. Yeah. Um, Cause that is, that is a challenge. Like how do you, how do you start to do that when you're first getting started and you're already like self-conscious about your work um, and then to have it kind of ripped apart, like can be hard. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about how that is for juniors. I'm trying to remember how it was back for me when I first, in my first job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and there were times when, yeah, I, I totally disagreed with the feedback. I know we're going to talk about that later. Um, yeah. but there were also some really toxic moments. Like it, it right. happens. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm remembering this one time when someone did make it very personal. It's like, mm. so examples of what this might sound like is you always do this or, Oh, mm. you're doing that again. Or right. why yeah. is it always this way? Right. Um, yeah. or why do you think, why do you think about it this way? Right. Yeah. Um, I think asking questions is important and that's actually how I oftentimes uh, provide feedback is, is asking a question and then taking that answer and then trying to rationalize it. But mm-hmm. I think if it's, if it, if it starts with or ends with you, then it, it sort of becomes a little bit more personal. And like, I, yep. sometimes I, I couldn't help but feel like it was an attack. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you ever been in, a, in like a toxic critique environment? Yeah. Yeah. I've had moments of that. Definitely. Like, well, I, I, what you just said there, like definitely resonates is if the feedback comes in, in the form of like more personal, right. Mm-hmm. Um, like that, that never feels good. And I think, I think actually something important for people to know when you're getting started is that there are bad forms of feedback, mm. right? Like, I think we, we try to teach young designers and designers in general to be like, oh, take and receive all feedback. Um, feedback is a gift, right? Yeah. And like, try not to like try to separate your ego from it. But like, if someone's giving you bad feedback, that's also not on you to necessarily like take that and be okay with it either. Mm. If that makes sense. Yep. Like if it's good feedback, yeah, definitely. But if there, if it's, if there's something about it, that's a bit more toxic or like you said, it's like more personal driven. Like you don't have to just sit there and take it. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. You can't, you can't necessarily put that on yourself. Like, Oh, I just need to be better. It's like, well, no, that person could also be better at how they deliver their feedback too. So you know what I mean? Like it's not a black and white thing. And I think sometimes it's made out to be a black and white thing. Yep. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, so I, I have a question for you. Like, I don't know how to, how to deal with, um, this, this one tweet I saw, I can't remember where it was, but, um, this like, uh, celebrity designer said something to the effect of the only words that should come out of your mouth when you're receiving feedback is thank you. And <laughs> I kind of disagree because I think it's your job as a designer, when you're receiving feedback to really understand that feedback. And if you don't agree with it, yeah, you've got to find out why. Right. You can't just like leave it. I think if you don't understand the feedback or you don't agree with it, you need to understand that person better. What's the rationale behind that feedback? Why mm-hmm. are they giving it to you? You can't just say thank you and leave it. I think like for, for lots of things you can, 
Um, but I think it's, it's on you to, to find out why, like, I don't know. What yeah. do you think? Am, am I, am I overblowing yeah. this? Like, do you, I, no, I, don't know. I, I agree. I uh, like, so one of my gripes with feedback a lot of times too, is that I think like people sometimes try too hard to make every bit of feedback, like a general question. Mm-hmm. And they, they, we've, it sometimes it's talked about how like, Oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't like provide a solution in your feedback. Right. And that's yeah. talked about a lot, but there are a lot, there are many times where I, like, I disagree with that. Um, <laughs> like I find sometimes like people try to, to like abstract out their feedback to this question. Um, when they literally, when, when you know they have a solution in mind. Right. Um, right. But it's to get like, you there. but then you're trying to interpret it. And like to your, to your comment about the tweet, it's like just responding with thank you. If you're like, wait, I don't, know if I understand where they're going with that feedback. Yeah. Then like, why just say thank you and move on? Like you should ask, like one of the questions I like to ask is, is like, um, are you seeing it like this? Um, or, or like, would you approach it like this? Like kind of right. try to interpret their solution if mm-hmm. they aren't giving one mm-hmm. and then just to align, like, and if they're like, Oh no, I meant more like why you're like, Oh, okay. Now I understand. Right. Um, but if you don't ask that question, you could end up like going in a totally different direction using their feedback. Yeah. And then they, they'll like, if you bring it back to that person and be like, Oh no, that's not what I meant. I meant more like this other thing. And you're like, well, why didn't you just tell me that? <laughs> like, that's where I'm like, there's times where solution feedback is almost more beneficial at times because it's like, you actually then know where that person's coming from. Yeah, like, right, right. You you can visualize, okay, that's what they're meaning. Do I ultimately agree with that? Or is there something I can take with from that and actually spin it into something else entirely? Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I go, I go very back and forth on the whole, like, don't provide solution feedback. Like, because there's the other, there's the flip side of it too, right? Where it can be, way too solutiony and it's just like do this and you're like well we haven't had a chance to really like explore that idea further and stuff like that like there's definitely a a, a negative aspect to approaching it that way but yeah i also just like i don't like the whole like just completely avoid it altogether uh, we gotta unpack this this is really interesting like, because yeah I, I i know what you're talking about like every article out there about feedback is about like, Oh, don't, don't be so solution focused. Let's, let's focus on the problem. Um, and then mm-hmm. see what comes out of it. Right. Like actually, no, like sometimes it's obvious enough. The feedback should be obvious enough, uh, around a specific type of problem that you should just say so, right. What, yeah. maybe that thing should just be a drop down for this reason. Right. <laughs> like, right. And right. it could be that specific. I think, I think it's fine. Like, like we're here to get things done. We're not here to, you know, in a very circular way, ask each other questions. Right. Like, yeah, I, yeah, no, I agree with that. Like, I just don't know how to put it into words why I feel like, <laughs> uh, it shouldn't just be the circular, uh, yeah. thing, yeah. feedback. It, it sometimes should end the circle. It should go out of the circle. Right. I'm, so I'm just being really yeah. abstract here. <laughs> well, cause there's times where that works. Cause it's like to your example, right. Of, of this should just be a drop down. Yeah. Well, then the person receiving the feedback can be like, you now understand where that designer's going with the idea. It's like, Oh, they're seeing this. They're seeing the like solution to this problem being a drop down. Yeah. And you can either go like, you can either respond to that with, yeah, I agree. Like that, that should be a drop down or you go, Oh, that's interesting. What if we tried this other thing that's like kind of like a drop down, but different. 
but it's still different from my original idea. And then you're like, oh, that's interesting. You know what I mean? Like it starts yeah, to create exactly. this like this bit of this um this jam on it together, right? Where you're like, yeah. okay, let's like we're playing with this uh, this concept. Um and it actually starts to become a bit more productive. Right. And why not do it now? Right. Because yeah. we're probably yeah. presenting it in Figma. Well, I'll just do it right now. I'll just swap in the, the drop down. Right. You could do that in yeah. seconds. So why not just whereas, do it? Whereas, <laughs> whereas, like, on the flip side, if you're like, if your feedback was, oh, what if, like, um, what if the user was able to, like, select it right here? And you're like, what do you mean by yeah. right here? Right. <laughs> like, do you mean a drop down or do you mean, like, you know, and then you're having to interpret it. And if you don't answer that, if you don't ask that question in the moment, you're just like going to go off in a different direction and be like, oh, I'll make like a select list, like right in line. And then you show it to that person. They're like, oh, no, I was thinking a drop down. Like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Tell me a drop down first. Time. Right. And, and, and like, I, I like this idea that. Uh, if you're very specific about your feedback, uh, especially around UI, I think it's like totally okay to just try it on the fly. And, yeah. you know, you could see together whether it works, right? And then, right. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see a problem with, uh, with breaking from this like, this like cliche of like never mm-hmm. providing solutions. Anyway, uh, I, no, yeah, I, it, I love that point. There's places where you have to be careful with it too, right? Like sure. if it's, if you're not, talking about UI specific details, you're talking more about like the flow or the experience. Um, and maybe it's, it's a bit of a bigger problem that's being solved. Like then you want to get more into the questions of like, how are we getting to this idea or, or what kind of data do we have to back up this? Or, mm-hmm. um, definitely you want to try to avoid some of that solution at those aspects, unless you understand the problem. Um, but if it gets into those really more obvious UI details or specifics about an experience or about a flow, then I, yeah, I think some of those solution details are okay to provide. Yeah, and I think especially when talking to a certain um, ten, uh, yeah, a designer of a certain level, that, that yeah. actually might be more useful to be practical and like very right. very hands on, right? Yeah. Um, there is something I, I don't think I've ever told you about, but, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Andrew, shout out to you, Andrew works at Asana. He sent me this like template for how to organize feedback. So depending on the mm-hmm. size of company you work for, you're, you're going to go perhaps go through some sort of design review process. And then you're going to, you know, leave that meeting with a bunch of feedback that, you know, needs to be organized and like itemized and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. This great framework, which I've tried a couple times, and I I, I quite like it. Um, I, I yeah, I'll, I'll describe it to you, John. Um, so basically, what he was um, shared with this idea of of you know you're in the meeting and you're just like basically recording all the feedback, and then once you leave that meeting, he tries to organize the feedback into three different columns. So the the columns are do, try. And consider, I'll talk about each one of those. So Mm. the do is this idea that um, there's an expectation that this thing must be done. And this is usually uh, a column reserved for, oh, the director or the VP gave feedback on this thing. And it's like, it's table sticks. You've got to do this thing. Right. So you put the feedback into there. Um, And then there's the try column, which is like, um, uh, it's mostly like an autonomous activity where it's like, oh, there was an opinion on this UI element or maybe this use of color or shadow. Um, and it's like, oh, consider, you know, try this and, and see how it looks. Um, and there's like um, some expectation that you're going to try it and share it with the team. Right. And then the last column is consider, 
um, which is, I think, used the most. It it allows people to, you know, share their ideas and like um, uh, be inspirational for the team. Um, and there's no con- there's no requirement that you come back and close the loop on consider. So right. I think it's it comes down to do and try as being the ones where you need to follow up on and then consider is like, hey, think about this thing when you're doing your future iterations. Um, and what I like about this is when you're you're basically taking all the feedback from your design review or, or whatever, you can send this document back in this format and then everybody is on the same page about like mm. what you're really going to do, what you must do. And then the things that you've been told to think about. And I think that's, right. it's good. It's, it's, it's very clarifying. And then if people disagree, they're like, actually, no, I think, I think you really should do this thing. Then, then you're really clear on that. You're saving time before the next review, right? Stuff like that. Have you ever seen a system like this? I know you have a way of organizing your feedback in a doc. Um, what, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I like that one. Um, I've seen like pieces of that before. Um, I, I actually also like it on the flip side of like when you're giving feedback is actually making it clear what category your feedback is in. Mm-hmm. Um, like either by phrasing it in a way that's like, this is something to consider or by actually saying like, like I, I remember on an old team of mine, we did try this for a while where it was like, you kind of had to, you had to preface your feedback with like a category, one of those three categories of like, mm-hmm this is like a, a showstopper or like, this is something I, I strongly think you should do versus yeah. this is just an idea and something to, to try or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, so I've seen it used that way too, where it's like, as the person giving feedback, you try mm-hmm. to categorize your work for that designer. Cause it's kind of nice to help them not have to do that retroactively after. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to like, yeah. I think that's a great, like a great format to just use on both ends, both sides of the, the feedback loop. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. that. Yeah, it, it, I think it works pretty well async, right? If the people yeah. are doing it for you and they're just like throwing a sticky note in a fig jam or something. Yeah, that, that is right. really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, we're running out of time. We got to get to this <laughs> one one more topic that I think is like really important, which is like, um, is giving feedback. Yeah. Right? Like we talked a lot about receiving it. And uh, I think we were, we were just talking about this before we started recording about this idea of like... Uh, being married to your feedback. And I think you had a really good take on it. Uh, <laughs> go for it, man. I, I, I love this yeah, topic. I, I can't take the credit for this because my friend Amy was the one who originally talked to me about this, but and it was mostly some of her ideas. So I'll give yeah. her credit for that. But um, yeah, I it was really interesting. Like her and I were talking about this idea that like so much of being like taught in either like school or as you get started in the design industry, it's all about like, you shouldn't be married to your designs. Like you should be open to any and all feedback. Like it's a gift. You should take it and run with it and try it, all that stuff. But we kind of forget to like flip that advice onto the, the person who gives the feedback too. Right. Like (laughs) there's so many times, I mean, I'm guilty of this. I've done this many times where I give feedback on something and then I, and then the designer like doesn't implement it and it gets like shipped and you're like, wait, why didn't you use my feedback? And you're, you kind of take it personally a little bit. Um, yeah. you're like, they must not have liked it or like maybe I wasn't clear enough with it or something, or maybe they just like decided it sucked. <laughs> it's like, and it, and it kind of, you're like, you're kind of taken aback by it. But yeah, I think it's just that the fact that, that, that advice, advice needs to go both ways. 
Like sometimes you shouldn't be like, or most times you shouldn't be married to your feedback because Mm -hmm. you haven't actually had a chance to even try that yourself as the designer. Like we, we, how many times are you like working on a pro an idea for a project and you have this great idea in your head or you've like sketched it a little bit. You're like, this is going to work great. This is going to solve the problem. And then you start designing it and then you realize it's not going to work. And you're you're like, okay, I'm going to throw that out. And like, we even like, we even self eliminate that stuff all the time. Like Mm -hmm. I don't even, sometimes I don't even show those ideas in a review because I'm like, oh yeah, I decided it was not a good idea. Sure. But that means that like sometimes when we give feedback, we are also giving those ideas that we thought were going to be great, but then we self-eliminated later, but we expect the designer to like just take and run with it when like maybe they do and then they realize it won't work. And so they just kind of toss it aside and keep going with their other thing. Yeah. So like, why are, I don't know, why are we getting so (laughs) like associated (laughs) to that feedback as being like the Holy grail of feedback? Like, Oh, they must, (laughs) they must do this. But like, you haven't even tried it. You haven't even explored it yourself. You don't have the context on the project or the problem to nearly the same degree, you've only just been seeing this designer share it for like one, 15 minutes, half an hour. Yeah. And now you have this idea that's somehow going to like be the best possible idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of interesting to like flip it the other way around. It I mean, is. It's, it's, it doesn't apply to everything. Like if there's a black and white piece of feedback, right? Like yeah. this clearly doesn't meet contrast or something and it, yeah. it, it's an important component. Sure. Or like the copy here, like isn't a proper sentence. Like that's, that's feedback that, yes, it's very black and white. Like you can't argue against that, but anything else like design is so subjective that, yeah, we can't, we can't be delivering feedback in the, in with the sense of like everything should be implemented. Right. Yeah. It's it's such a great observation because when I think about it, I've experienced that every single place I've gone to where (laughs) like I'll get some feedback and I'll like write it down and think about it and be like, nah, that's, that's, it's not going to work. Right. Or I try it. Right. And I'll just like not say anything. I'm like, uh, uh, you know, I take feedback pretty seriously. Like someone's going to say something, I'll I'll give it a try. I'll give it a fair spin. Right. Mm -hmm. But I have every single place I've ever worked. I've always had someone come back and be like, Hey, did you try that thing? (laughs) It's like, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll ship something and they'll look at it and be like, Hey, that's not what we talked about. Right. Yeah. yeah. But that's, that's feedback. Right. I'm, it's not, I don't have to action on everything that you all are saying. Like, uh, yeah, this is the part about, you know, not being married to your feedback, but like, I wonder, like, do you then before you go into a crit or something, are you going to straight up tell everybody like, thanks for the feedback. I'm going to consider it, but don't expect me to, to action on every <laughs> single thing. Like how do you set that expectation? Right? Yeah. I mean, I don't think that should be on the, the, um, designer to give like, like showing the work, right? Like it, it should be kind of like a team culture thing, right? Like, mm. and I think that's, that goes back to what you were just talking about around that document of structuring your feedback in these categories, because I think if you can do start to do that too as a group, then it starts to like distinguish some of these elements that like I have this idea, I'm giving it to you as feedback, but like you should just try it. Yeah. And and like I'd love to see what you come up with and then maybe we'll agree together. Like I've, I've, I know you and I have done that many times. I've, I'd be mm-hmm. like, what if you tried this and then you go and try it and you're like, I don't think it works. And then I see it and I'm like, oh yeah, that definitely doesn't work. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that happens, right? Like we, our ideas aren't always perfect. Sure. Um, so I think like it starts with that culture within the team of understanding, like that's how we should like consider feedback all the time. Like most things shouldn't actually be a, a do. Uh, yeah. I don't think like it, unless it's a very, very frequent obvious. thing. 
Yeah, or like some kind of like a leadership kind of perspective yeah. that's more important. That's maybe something you're not getting the full context on. Yeah, that's one thing. But like within the rest of your peers, like I think a lot of it should be in the more try and consider most I of agree. the time. Yeah, um, do is like the boot, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, and then the other thing. I, oh, and then the other thing I was thinking about too is that like the other as a designer presenting your work, I think the other important factor is to always kind of set the stage of what the feedback is that you're looking for, like especially mm. in the stage of the project that you're in too, right? Like yeah. there's a very big difference between this is something I need to ship next week versus like <laughs> this is something I just started exploring. Um, uh, we're not the we're not going to be building any of it for a while, right? Like yeah, yeah. Those are very different stages of projects, and that should you like as the designer presenting, you should be kind of establishing that context so that the folks giving feedback can also tailor their feedback in that way. Where it's yep. like, if you're still early exploring, sure. Like hit, hit me with a bunch of different ideas and thoughts and things to try. Um, but when you're like right at the end of the stage, it should be like, unless it's a do, um, I'm, I'm not going to be able to consider or try anything. <laughs> like, yeah. You yeah. Know what I yeah. Mean? For sure. Um, yeah. I, I like that. I mean, like, I think we'll, we'll probably talk, later about presentation, but I think that's a big part of presentation is setting the context. Mm-hmm. And part of that is also, you know, being exact about the feedback you're trying to solicit. Um, yeah. I, I, I do that too. Like I'll present and provide sufficient context around the project. Um, I used to ask people to provide feedback on specifically visuals or, or content, right? but I don't do that anymore. Like I tend to like try to push it as far as I can and be like, give me feedback yeah. on anything. I'm open to feedback yeah. on anything. Yeah. Yeah, we um, talked about that in the Fidelity one too, right? Yes. Where it was like, I, I actually want to receive some notes about something that I haven't polished yet because it's just going to help me out later. hundred <laughs> um, percent, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I've started to do the same too, where it's like less and less of, I need feedback on this specific thing and more just like the entire experience. For sure, yeah. If you haven't listened to that episode, uh, go, go check it out. Dude, do people pump their own episodes on podcasts is that something people do i'm just i'm doing it so. So. yeah yeah if you came in only on this one go back and check yeah. that one <laughs> exactly yeah man we went over time uh i don't know how we did that but every time uh, we do it every, every, time. every time yeah every time um uh oh by the way i i bought i can't remember the name of that guy, that dude um he he created this course on prototyping and swift ui um I, i'm gonna buy it oh yeah today. i did yeah. too yeah yeah I'm going to do it this weekend. Are, like, are you, nice. have you made any progress on that? Yeah. I started building, um, that little, uh, coffee app. That oh, nice. Showing you. Yeah. Okay, I, have, yeah. I, have, I have the first screen of it, like all built in Swift UI now. So that's great. Oh my and gosh. Got, like even got like the slider working and stuff. So I'm getting there. Okay. Working my well, way. That's my weekend. Uh, I'm nice. going to create a catalog of, uh, of, of my watch collection. Uh, Ooh, yeah. I like that. That's, that's like cool. such a, such a, uh, self and what's the word for it? self-absorbed project, I think. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's cool. I like that. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was great. I I love talking about these obvious parts of the process. Um, And like, I think with, with feedback, there's, there's always more to be learned. And Mm -hmm. I'd love to revisit this at some point because I think there's a lot more to be said about like, you know, setting up your presentation so you can get great feedback. So that's maybe a topic for another day. Yeah. That's a good one. All right, John, uh, my fellow corner rounder, get out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> you too. Have a good All Friday. Right. See you next time, man. See ya. The Fidelity Podcast is hosted and produced by John Rundle and Bill Chung. Visual brand design by Amy Deborah. 
Rate, review, and subscribe to Fidelity on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts.